0: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know when Mr. Story's ready to go. He is Neil R. Story. Neil, how are you?
4: Hello there. Good to meet you, Tom.
0: Nice to meet you as well. We got a lot of a uh, lot of ground to cover. We got Dracula the Ripper, the 125th anniversary of Dracula with Neil Story. We got uh, you know British society, the first half of the 20th century, the impact of war on them. Where do you want to start? Neil? we got a lot to cover.
4: What I'd like to start with is, is really the 125th anniversary of the publication of Dracula. Ooh, it's uh, I, And I think we, it's probably best to stick with that because it is such a fascinating subject.
0: Yeah, you're uh, right. Are,
4: are you aware that there has always been this hope and a belief and even a fear that maybe Dracula and Jack the Ripper have a certain synergy between the two?
0: Oh, I like it.
4: Yeah, it's something different. I mean, if you think about it, the Universal Monsters Dracula or Christopher Lee in the Hammer film Dracula. Right. These are guys, they've got the long cape. They're, they're, they're often wearing evening dress. Uh, and you, you kind of think of that vision and you add a top hat to that. figure.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: And you kind of think, is it Drac or is it?
5: Jack the Drack. Ripper. Mm-hmm. I like
0: Drac or Jack. That's a good title right there. It'd be a good sitcom. Drac with... and Jack. <laughs> Drac and Jack. Great sitcom. <clears throat> that would be wonderful.
4: But it's seductive, isn't it? It's a seductive oh, yeah. thought. And what my very first book on Bram Stoker looked at were the connections between the two. Uh, it took me oh, the best part of 15 years to get access to. To this most remarkable archive of letters and papers and documents. If I put it into a little bit of context, Bram Stoker. He's born in Ireland in 1847. He was a uh, he was a reporter, really. He, he'd gone to university. Uh, he he loved theatre, and he got a job as a theatre critic for one of the newspapers, unpaid. But it was because he, his main job was as a civil servant, and he didn't earn an awful lot of money. But because as a theatre critic, he can get to see the shows for free in Dublin. so And he would write up these articles, and it introduced him to that wonderful world of theatre. And he met an, an actor by the name of Henry Irving. And he mm. Henry Irving went on to be the first actor, British actor, in fact, any actor anywhere in the world, to be knighted by Her Majesty Queen Victoria. Really? Hell yeah, he, he was the man. I mean, He, he, he made... Uh, theatre Respectable. Before that, it was a scene of ragtag vagabonds and ladies of dubious morals. <laughs> Although they, they, weren't, they weren't all like that, but that's the, that was the perception in society at that time. Mm-hmm. So Irving gets a really good name. He's getting great reviews. Bram gives him one of his first major rev, really good reviews, seeing the skill of this man. So when Irving gets to take over his first theatre... And the only theatre he ever had was the Lyceum Theatre oh, in London. Sure. Yep. You, you know, it's a big one. It's in the West End. It's just off the Strand. It's still going today. It's got a rolling performance of The Lion King.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not quite the same as the Dracula. <laughs> no, <laughs> not not quite. Uh, not, you're absolutely right about that. You know, Neil, well, what amazes me and fascinates me about these stories is you look at it, you know, decade after decade or century after century. There's always a connection. Like right now, our politicians and our news media is sucking the blood out of every living American. I mean, honest to God, it, they're, they're just wearing us to the out to the bone. So this has always been around. It's always been prevalent, hasn't it, the way that some— Characters just suck the blood out of everybody else, takes all their energy, not literally, of course, but figuratively, sucking the life right out of people.
4: Well, in in many ways. And I would like to add, first of all, hands across the sea. No no matter what the media may like to say, there is an awful lot of love and affection for the people of America from the people of Great Britain.
0: See, there you go. I want to
4: extend that. It doesn't matter on media. This is brothers and sisters across the sea. No matter what your color, what your background, whatever floats your boat, there's a lot of love and respect. And never forget that, friends in America. Never okay. forget
0: that. Well, but, you. Neil, I can't tell you one thing, then, because my family did move from England to America, but Barnard is a Scottish name, so I could be in trouble. Hey. <laughs> were <What's laughs> he <"Hey."> you <laughs>
6: ejected? Your people were ejected.
0: <laughs> yeah, we well, were kicked out. Right, <laughs> it's because,
6: true. think they were hunting on the king's land. It's
4: the PR spin. They they were rebels. They fought for the Jacobite cause. (laughs) So we we could be the kind of terrorists anyway. So, hey, uh, that was in the 18th century. So I think we've moved on a bit since then.
0: (laughs) Well, Neil, I will tell you this, and I talk about it all the time. I do a morning show in town as well, and I talk about it all the time. That the entire family has been to england scotland ireland wales i mean you go down the list of we loved every every moment of it every bit of it so we feel the same way about the people of western europe particularly of england scotland Ireland, because we spent most of the time there italy northern italy was wonderful we have the same feeling i wish these people would stop chirping about how nobody likes anybody else and it's just because it's, it's a flat-out lie
4: it is it, you're absolutely right and, and if we look at our dna our patchwork is all pretty similar you know if if you are from if, if you're a white person from that background we're going to be similar but do you know what there have been people of all colors in great britain i mean this empire now there's a lot of bad things about empire but one thing it did do it brought races together uh-huh. and in the long yeah. run that's the powerful message that we all now <laughs> empire gone but people now standing shoulder to shoulder hopefully move on move on do good things respect and love each other that's what it's about.
0: We need more people like you Neil talking about this very thing I try to do it on, on this show and on the morning show as well try to say hey look I wake up every morning, got a great wife. Uh, she's on this show. Our son is on this show. Our daughter's on this show. And then there's some other stiff. I don't know who. where this Dave guy came from. He's not even related. Where, where, where'd you come from?
7: Well, the test results are in. And, Tom, you are the father. Oh, you
0: are the father of Dave, who's... <laughs> Yeah, that's right, you're younger than I am, so that's cool Neil Story, this is uh, Dave Schrader He joins us every Wednesday as well Neil who? I've never heard of the man Neil Story Oh God, you don't know one another Oh no, that's no, all I need It's Neil no, Story, never, the Dracula never King never heard of him. Yeah, the Dracula King, that's exactly right And wait, do, do you agree with that statement that, that right now our politicians And our media is sucking the blood Out of Americans They're yes. taking all of our energy
7: Dracula come to life
0: yeah I, I mean serious and I don't know Neil I, I don't know if the same things happened in Europe but it sure appears to be at least once in a while
4: well my friends we, we've just got to keep the faith that the you know the average Joe in the street uh, really doesn't want to get involved with all of those awful politics and, and and putting other races and people down exactly just want to get on with our lives and do you know what? With the welcome that people from America have in Great Britain, it, it should be pretty darn warm. And the welcome that I've had when I've reciprocated over in America, we've got some great friends in, in Texas, uh, and my heart goes out to the people of Texas for the, the recent terrible events mm. out there. You know, there's a lot of love. And, and yes. we've just got to keep It might sound like an old hippie talking. Well, I was born in the 70s. I wasn't old enough to be a hippie. No. But the point is... Just, just get on with it. We can have a lot more fun, you know. Yep,
0: no, no question about that. I will tell you very, very quickly, and we can move on. When we did go to Scotland, uh, I'm a rather large guy. When I was younger, I was a lot more muscular than I am now. But the one thing about going to Scotland is, as a big, muscular-looking guy in Scotland, every guy I ran into in a bar wanted to wrestle me. It was just, (laughs) it was something else, Neil. I'll tell you that.
4: Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a warm welcome, you know. It it's a hug. is.
0: It was great.
4: Hug Plus in Scotland, just for
0: you. Just for me.
7: We stumbled into a a karaoke bar in Scotland, and it was we, we had one of our tour groups, right? Right. <clears throat> and we've got these 20, 25 Americans, and we go in, and this place is packed, and there's this footballer sitting there, right? He's got the striped shirt on. Oh, there you go. He's hulking. He's sloshed out of his mind, right? And just... He's talking to people, and then, <laughs> then they go, they call for his name to come up, and I, I have it on video. I have to dig it up. I'll have to show it to you because it's insane. He gets up there and starts singing. Um, uh, oh good God, what is it? Nat King Cole. Oh yeah, and it sounds like Nat okay. King Cole. Oh, really? Oh, the guy was spot on. Big, hulking white guy. And he's up there, you know, just, Mernalisha, Mernalisha. and he. But he's like, a sp- it was insane. And then he gets done, and his shoulders slump, and his head goes down, and he goes walking by, and he's like, get out of my way. As he goes back to the <laughs> table. We were in hysterics. I'm like,
0: how is this even possible? I love that stuff. No, we loved it. There's no question. So how long have you two known one another? About a decade? Oh really? Decade,
4: thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. D- yeah. Dave found me on a bookshelf in a in an Irish castle. Oh, and yeah. He, and it was just a book. And he thought, Hey, that looks cool. That's the Dracula Secrets book. And he he bought it and stashed it away for maybe a year. And he he got you know he had a busy show and thought, Hey, I'm going to contact that guy. I'm going to try and find him and reach out. And well. It's resulted in two amazing tours or of of England with dave and 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 the ghost crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's a friendship that has lingered ever since
7: how it's supposed to be. Because he doesn't spend enough time with me, Tom, is the problem. See, if he was around more, this friendship would have been over three years ago.
0: Yeah, because it wouldn't be lingering anymore. That's very, very true. And no question about that. I guess, you know, it all works out. Neil, have, have there always been stories pre rom Stoker and Dracula? There there have always been stories about blood suckers of one kind or another, haven't there?
4: Well, I mean, you can find them back into ancient history because the story of the vampire is an ancient one. Mm -hmm. In the 19th century, you you had things like Polidori. That's the early 19th century. John Polidori, great friend of, of Lord Byron, a confidant. And it was often thought that the original vampire book Polidori's vampire was a, a synergy. What Did Byron write it? Did Polidori come up with the idea? They weren't sure. And then that kind of rolled on from there when you, when you had a, 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 like what they call very cheap part works called Varney the Vampire. And that was another popular read. But it, the vampires were, were, were gentry, but they didn't really have a certain class about them. They didn't have a mis... They were quite rough characters. Bram Stoker was the man that capitalised on, on so many things. When you looked at... Wilkie Collins wrote a book called The Woman in White. And it was the first book that ever used diaries and various letters and newspapers and all sorts to tell the story in a sort of patchwork. brand new Wilkie Collins... And he loved that w- way of doing things. And so it, for his day, Bram Stoker created the vampire in the story is ancient because he's an immortal. he goes back centuries does Dracula. but it's set in a modern context. So this is showing Dracula in, in it coming to a modern world that don't believe in ghouls right. and ghosties and long-legged beasties. Oh, we're too sophisticated for that. So he can take his advantage of those people that disbelieve in him and feast on the blood of the innocent. So Bram Stoker weaves in things like phonographs and typewriters, modern transport and travel in his stories. So in his day, he was cutting edge. And it's that wonderful synergy of the two that he created
0: you know, what amazes me is that as a young boy, I guess I was, I don't know, 12, 13, something like that, we're watching Dracula one night on on Horror Incorporated, as oh, it was yeah. called. Horror Incorporated. <laughs> I actually did the I did the voiceover for that show. Did you really? Yes. Oh, it. nice. And I, I often wonder, I mean, that was later in life, obviously mm-hmm. not when I was 12 or 13. I was going to
7: really be impressed if you were doing that at the age of 12. <laughs>
0: Exactly. But we're watching it one time, and there I have a neighbor over, a young, dazzling urbanite was over there watching. And we're watching Dracula. And he just keeps going, uh, uh just keeps making these grunting noises. And I said, what's the matter with you? And like I said, we're 12, 13, whatever. He goes, man, this is so, so ridiculous. I said, why is it so ridiculous? He goes, not one of these people even try to punch Dracula. <laughs> oh, just punch Dracula right in the face I wonder how that would go hey, because,
4: You could break his teeth I mean, what's he going to do? You're going nasty suck
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You can't suck your blood if he doesn't have those pointy teeth but, No, but the hickeys are going to
7: be brutal
0: oh maybe, maybe he's hey. got like a
5: tool in his pocket for Just in case just. a straw. <laughs> Artificial teeth, yeah
0: He's yeah. like a mosquito <laughs> Yes, like that. Well, I suppose did, did he did he dazzle people with his stare? Is that part of it? Does that he just? Oh, like yeah. he was very he was charming. A,
6: yeah, he could me- mesmerize people. Mesmerize.
0: There you mm-hmm. go. That's the word I was looking.
7: At. Well, not not Bram Stoker's Dracula. No, it was more like Nosferatu. He didn't right. really have superpowers. He was not a so good-looking much. creature. He was no. a, cre- a creepy, yeah. nasty-looking thing. It wasn't until yeah. the movie but serial was, that the they mes-
4: came. There is mesmerism in it, right? Oh, definitely. Um, but it, it wasn't that it, charming,
7: good-looking Bella Lugosi thing. It was. There's something best, totally different. Dracula yeah.
4: had the power over the beasts of the night <laughs> but he also Bram Stoker on the stage at, at that time he was writing it was a, a new play called Trilby and, and it's where this innocent young girl in, in France is, is taken over by a, a character that you'll he- you'll have heard of Sven Gali like well this is where Sven Gali comes from, he comes from Trilby And Bram Stoker was absolutely amazed at this idea of mesmerism. it, It was a theme that followed right through all his other books. He wrote to Sir Oliver Lodge, who was one of the founders of the Society of Psychical Research in Great Britain. And he revisited it in other books, notably the sort of mesmeric power that could even kill people from the power of the mind. In his last ever book, Bram's last book, the lair of the white worm.
0: Oh yeah, yep. There you have it, ladies. And gentlemen. You know, I just well, Neil just talking about this stuff reminds me so much of being a young boy and then a, a teenager and all the different things. But did you ever hear Richard Pryor's take on Dracula? It no, was I didn't. phenomenal. <laughs> he said, "You ever notice one thing?" Now, Richard Pryor for maybe younger people Alex, the people just younger than you do. Do they know who Richard Pryor is? Probably not. Probably not. One of the greatest comedians ever born, black man in America today, uh, he was from Peoria, Illinois. I do remember that. But he said, you ever notice one thing about you go to like a Dracula movie? Dracula never goes into black neighborhoods. And you know why he never goes into black neighborhoods? He goes, you want a what? The guy says to Dracula, you want a what? You want to suck some blood? Why don't you go to the blood bank? And I hope you get sickle cell.
6: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, wow, that's, nice. that's
0: very nice. Richard was so funny with that stuff. It was amazing. Are we? Do we always create characters we have a little bit of inside our own hearts? Uh, in other words, Dracula had to be kind of charming. He couldn't just be this vicious, animalistic psychopath. He had to have a little bit of human charm to him, didn't he?
4: It's like the spider and the web.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: Or, or a fly paper. A fly paper is sticky. It's sweet. And the sweetness will attract. But once you are stuck, to, you are, you are, you are f- truly at the, at the prey of the paper. Or once you are entranced in the web. And if you remember some of the early Bela Lugosi posters often depicted him in a spider's web. Yeah. And that yeah. is the whole point. You can get trapped into the mesmeric gaze. If you remember some of the shots of, of Bela Lugosi have the white... The emphasis is on the eyes, all there. Well, with Bram Stoker, the original creation, once he got into the Lyceum Theatre, Irving sucked the blood out of that poor man. Mm -hmm. His whole life was dedicated to the theatre, but Bram idolised the bloke. He was one of these guys that no matter how badly he treated the people around him, he was surrounded by a mystique that meant they wanted to kind of endear themselves to him. So, the original model, you know, Bram wanted to create a play, more than a book, a play that would be worthy of performance of Sir Henry Irving. Mm. And so, really, the first model, the first person, the real creation m- m- reason for Dracula was Irving
0: yeah that it's makes total yeah i mean see that we, we always project that i mean i, I suppose it's the only way you can tell stories you you only experience the things that you experience so when you project outward i suppose it has to be a lot like you i would imagine
5: well one of the pretty much universal laws of nature is that what makes predators in real life dangerous is not only their fangs and teeth but their intellect and that's why Dracula is always shown, or usually shown, as very intelligent and able to kind right. of maneuver around people's expectations to get them into the castle or, you know, into the sewers that he lives when he's no Osferatu or whatever. Uh, predators have this ability to manipulate prey right. in a specific way. And that's what makes them really scary to a lot of people, is, you know. Yeah.
7: And what's, that's what well, Neil's that's book is crazy about. When, Neil, when you, when you share what you uncovered in your book, because everybody believes Dracula was based on Vlad Tepish, right? right? Yeah. Vlad the Impaler. There was probably something along the lines, but with what Andy just said about, you know, somebody very smart, he was predatorial, everything. Who, who was Dracula really based on, Neil? Well, if you read through the entire notes of Dracula,
4: and I have, I have probably read more letters, manuscripts and documents written in Bram Stoker's own hand than any other living person right now. And I can assure you there is no mention in any of those documents of Vlad Tepes. Really? And ladies and gentlemen, the bad news is Bram Stoker never went to Transylvania. The Romanian yeah. tourist board really disliked me. But the truth is, <laughs> Bram used tra- travel guides. The Victorian age is the aid of the Baedeker's guide, the Bradshaw train guide. He's got access to the British Museum, the London Library, the finest libraries in the world. He never needed to go. It was all from his imagination and the books that he right. saw. Right. But also from the people that he knew. And what I uncovered... It was a long, long trail, long story. Well, I must give credit to the original man that discovered the suspect, Doctor Francis Tumblety, an America, a, a, an Irish-born but raised in America quack doctor that had an absolute hatred of women. Well, he had a, 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 a man-on-man relationship that was very close, if I dare say those sort of things, with <laughs> an, an an author in his day, was the first man to sell a million copies in the English language. A million copies of any book. His name was Thomas Henry Hall Kane. Hall Cain was influenced and and Tumblety had a mesmeric power over other men. Believe you me. It's cutting a long story short. Read my book. Read the books of Michael Hawley, um, Stuart Evans. There are other authors too. And Hall Cain was Bram's best friend in later life because they were both great friends of Sir Henry Irving in the Mm theatre. When they met, it was going to be either they're going to love each other or hate each other. They had a very close relationship in a very similar way that uh, Sherlock Holmes and Dr Watson had a close relationship. They would share rooms, they would go on adventures together. And in Bram's books, he loved to wrap up all sorts of mysteries and put clues in there. If you read the letters of Hall Kane and Tumblety, and you read Dracula in a certain way, the clues are all there that Bram is indicating that that, that is in fact uh, Jack the Ripper, and that in fact he 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 is the mo- one of the models for Dracula.
0: Why do you think it is, Neil and Dave and everybody else here at the table? I mean, when I was a kid, starting, I suppose, at eight, nine years old, living in North Minneapolis, I mean, our family, uh, all of our friends, and this was people of all types, all skin colors, all poor people. It was a very poor neighborhood. But I don't care if it was Frankenstein, Dracula, The Mummy. When it came out, boy, we flocked to that movie theater to see these people. Why, why is it that such young people, they like the, the fright part of it. I understand that. It's a, it's a different feeling. But why are young people so drawn to characters like this? Well, it's
4: the young people of our generation. And I'm sorry to say oh, this. Okay. In some way, I think for, for those of us that grew up in the 60s, 70s and early 80s we are that last generation to be scared by TV and movie oh I bet horror. now I'm not talking about gore gore fest is not something I want to see I don't want to be Mm -hmm. watching anything like that I'm talking about the classic universal monsters hammer horror the wolf man, the mummy, Dracula Frankenstein all the stuff that made a shiver Made us frightened. The sort of stuff that I don't know whether you guys in America, as kids, were a little bit more more brave than us. But I remember as I, when I was a kid, I used to hide behind the sofa or look round the door. I've met round lots of people that looked through the banisters of their stairs because we didn't watch these films for too long. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, I just and I think it. It's, this is our generation. We're the last generation to be. You show stills from those movies to kids today they just think it's people in funny costumes
0: yeah oh I can see that's true well
5: I'm 35 years old and I think the last movie that really like made rounds that made everyone all the younger people scared was Ring and that was probably yeah, about ring. 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was The Ring. Yeah, it's called... The, the Ring. It's, original, the it's ring. originally called Ring oh, in Japanese, yeah. but it yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was probably about 20 years ago, something like that. And yeah, everyone watched it. Everyone was terrified by it. You know, everyone was like, oh... Well, because, I mean, basically the movie says, you just watch this movie, you're going to die. So it's like, it's a little forward <laughs> with its <laughs> yeah. threats. Just a little. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't think I remember... I don't... I mean, everyone liked the Amityville horror stuff, and the, but people kind of were more fascinated with it than actually genuinely scared by it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think that it's been probably about 20 years since the movies have really, like, you know, done that kind of thing.
4: Yeah. It's, I think it's a greater skill to
0: scare rather than horrify. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point, I think.
7: Well, they were saying when we did the Warner Brothers and uh, Universal tour a couple of years ago, Cassie and I went and did the VIP deal so we could get behind the scenes oh, and hear all these VIP. cool stories. Hey, Neil, you did you hear that he's hear a
0: VIP? Oh, Neil, yeah. did you hear did that? You hear, I had to pay <laughs> to be a VIP. <laughs> That's the important lesson. But yeah, they, they take you time.
4: back as he has for any trip he does. Here. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but they tell you they tell
7: you more of the in-depth stories and they said that Ooh. these horror movies exploded during the depression era times, oh, during sure. wartime. Yep. Yeah. It yep. was it was a deflection of the times that you could go watch uh, a surreal version of this horror and not be as steeped into what you're dealing yeah. with. So you could deal yeah. with the terror and the fear that you had. It was kind of a release valve. I could see that. But then science sense. has now proven that horror movies, theme parks, things like that are extremely good first dates because the chemical that you release during those moments of fear, if you're there with somebody, bonds you to them. And really? Can also it's called trauma up, bonding. Yeah, it can also kick yeah. up the... Um, yeah
0: sexual part lure
7: like, yeah i'm trying to be careful because there's little ears but yeah the baby here a allure a factor yeah, and it draws people that. together when they share those that's why in movies whenever you see them you know jurassic park two seconds ago they're being you know tracked down by a giant tyrannosaurus rex and now they're making out in a cabinet well it's because it's a release of endorphins right
2: people right people always laugh yeah. at why
7: are they doing this but in real life that's probably that's what, what would, would really be going on yeah and that's why those yeah. movies and thrill rides are so popular, especially on dates, because it does endear you to those people.
0: How do you, both of you, this is a question for everybody at the table, and Neil's story, of course, our special guest, Dracula, the Ripper, 125th anniversary of Dracula with Neil's story. But I, I, I just, I'm wondering about this. Why do these movies cross cultures? Because very poor kids in my neighborhood loved them. The, the middle class, I, they always went to them. Even wealthy families would, you know, out in is that area, the, the, you know, places like Minnesota. Every one of those cultures loved these movies. So did we all just need the same, same relaxation, the same relief from everything? I'll give you an example. There was a kid watching it. We were at the Empress Theater in North Minneapolis watching The Mummy. And The Mummy was chasing a guy down. And a Mummy always dragged one leg, if you remember. Mm-hmm. But he caught the guy and killed him. And this guy in full voice goes, How you can't outrun a mummy? Which I thought, see, there was a comedic element to it where I went. That was probably not in a lot of theaters, though, was it? Those are just a different culture. Well, there might be, but
7: humor is is a release valve, right? Absolutely. I mean, in, in the African American culture, I think the reason that they do talk to the screen a lot more, and they and I've been do, there yeah. for horror movies. I love, love going to a horror movie. I agree. In a theater that's primarily black <laughs> yeah. people, because yep. the relief is, you can see it's their way. Eddie Murphy said it perfectly in his in his one of his first comedy specials. He goes, "Why is it white people stay in a haunted house? The minute we're in there and we hear, get out,' well, we got to go, gotta go, gotta go right?" <laughs> and and I think that's the the way that they are very spiritual. They very under. <laughs> Understanding of the situation and respectful where you know the idiot white man will just walk in anywhere and poke ghosts right the i mean that's idiot kind of the white man yeah that's really compared nice. to, well when you consider you know the the way we've uh, acted and and uh, treated the uh, the spiritual realm and the human realm there's really not much respect for no, it anyway i agree but then you've also got the factor of uh, everybody can relate to the monster in a way
0: Right? i think that was my next point is yeah. it's really us we're looking at it right. frankenstein is the monster what right. did we
7: do wrong he was just born into this life right so he could be whatever race well, he could be whatever religion
0: specifically
7: right yeah that's what i mean he was created it uh, wasn't it wasn't his idea to be here correct and and so you kind of feel for him and you feel for his not understanding and even in the moments where he appeared cruel like throwing the girl in the lake it was never meant to kill her right She threw the flower in the lake, and he thought, oh, this is fun, and he 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 tossed her, and not realizing she would drown without the consequence.
5: Yeah, the original Frankenstein really wasn't a horror movie. It was like a kind of psychological take on humanity. You weren't supposed to be scared of the monster. Well, you were supposed to, like, you know, okay, there's this scary monster, and then you realize, oh, he's not really scary, but then, what happens to him is scary. Hey, we're seeing
7: it in today's environment, right? Yeah. You go up and you say yeah. the wrong joke, and oh, yeah. suddenly you've got guys yeah. with pitchforks and, and torches outside your door screaming no for you. You throw
5: one girl in a lake,
0: and all of a sudden, they're right. gone yeah. geez, people one are time, so crappy. Not, God, one time, you throw somebody in a lake, and you got to answer for it. What's that all about? But then Frankenstein's but monster. a crazy
4: thing. In Ireland, not long before Bram was born. That was happening oh, during man. the time of the, the yeah the cholera outbreaks in oh, Ireland. Sure. There was absolute fear that people would go from village to village and spread it. So people got out onto the streets. Any carriage coming towards them, they'd be out with pikes, mm. bill hooks, agriculture flaming flambo at night. And if the carriage didn't turn around, they'd pull you out and they'd push you <clears> in <throat> ditches with long poles and, and stake you to the ground.
0: God. Well, that's not very that, nice, now, is
4: it? That was at, in the time of Bram Stoker's granny, and she would have told him about that. And, in fact, even in the time of his mum, his mum remembered the Sligo cholera epidemics. So as, as poor little Bram laid in his bed, because he couldn't walk until he was seven years old, he had a mysterious disease. Oh. These these are the sort of s- s- stories that would have been told to Bram. Yeah. The folk toilet. And why do, why do these still work? Well, everywhere you go, no matter how poor your neighbourhood when the, when the sun starts going down, there are shadows, there are dark corners, there are things to be frightened of. Mm-hmm. And vampires and monsters, you can easily create them. You don't even need really a set of false teeth. You can do it with a sneer. You could be the mummy. You could be Frankenstein by straightening your arms out and adopting a blank face and a funny right. voice. And right. if chase each other around. It becomes a kid's game. But also, it's that kind of make believe. It's accessible. It could happen to you.
0: I love it. You it's could- like
5: I said everyone understands the concept of something that's stronger and smarter than you. And it's scary yeah. to everyone. It's scary to everything. Every animal understands, you know, yeah. this thing is better than me. Wonder. I should avoid it. And everyone understands
0: that bubble water is delicious. Yeah, water. Apparently, <laughs> one <everyone laughs> wants a little bubble water. Neil's story. You, by the way, you can check out Neil's story. Neil, our story's author's page on Amazon. Uh, Neil, you got to come back. This has been a great, great 35 minutes. I, I, I love talking. Because it basically, you kind of reveal yourself when you're thinking about this and talking about these kinds of things. What part of it scares you? What part of it doesn't? I mean, you basically are looking at, at a version of yourself, aren't you? when you watch these.
4: Well, movies. you are. It, yep. and, and, and if you were bitten by the vampire, <clears throat> then you too could become one.
0: See, there you go. Neil, come back soon. I'd love to talk to you again, sir.
4: Thank you, Tom. And thank you to all the family, Dave and all. I love to America. God bless you.
0: But Neil, get better friends than Dave, will you?
4: <laughs> 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 you can't find better friends than Dave. No, there's, there's there's
0: no. Are there, there are none. none. There Thanks, you Neil. You take care, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Neil.
4: <laughs> thank you, friends. All the best.
0: All the best to you. Bye
8: we'll take bye. a break.
0: Be right bye. back. Thanks, Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? are back ladies and gentlemen I love that conversation Neil, Neil's story, what a great guy Yeah, really, really decent guy, very smart man isn't he?
7: Oh yeah, very good, I, that's what I said I found the book when I was in Ireland and we did an, um, this trip out to uh, um, Ireland did this whole deal. We're in a castle. There's this book about Dracula Untold, and I started reading about its connections to Jack the Ripper.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. And I'm like,
7: what? Yeah. So a year later, reach out, bring him on. He's just such, as you heard, an amazing storyteller. He is. And he, he is, he's a reenactor. He does all these great deals for the war and the effort and talking about oh, really? what? Yeah. So he is, if you follow him on social media, Amazing guy, amazing grasp of the history and what's going on out there. So it's well worth the uh, time and effort to uh, read his books because they're meticulous but not boring. And the fact that he's able to lay out, like he talked about, the fact Tumblety is who he believes is the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And there were pieces missing from each one of the victims, and Tumble right. T used yes. to keep body parts in jars. Jesus. So there's all these really weird... This guy's a what, kook.
0: What drives that? Why do they keep body parts? It's just a, a, uh, Souvenirs. A, a it's, souvenir? it's like to
7: Is remember... No right. You know, they believe that, uh, like, Dahmer would eat body parts yes. as a way to ingest the the victim, to make them right. a part of him always and forever. Right. So a lot of these people keep those souvenirs around so that they can look at them at any time. They can revisit them. It's it's weird that that's their... That's what rubs them, and, yeah. you know, excites them to this deal. But it's well, whatever, you know. It, <laughs> whatever. But, right, well, how do you Her explain are it's, broke
6: guys. It's,
7: it's hard to put into to speech on the understanding. I don't think I even want to try to understand why they do these weird things. Right. You know?
0: One of the great things about doing the morning show over the years is things happened. Kevin Meaney was in the studio. Thank you <laughs> Kevin Meany was in studio the very very funny comedian unfortunately killed himself a while back just a very very funny man but um, <laughs> I remember he was in the studio on the show when we got the call that Dahmer had done what he did right mm-hmm. and he said after the after the interview Kevin Meany goes can you imagine that though I mean imagine being the like you are the landlord and Hey, you got to get up to the Dahmer apartment. There's something went on up there. You better go check it out. So he opens up the door. He looks around and he goes, all oh, this carpet's got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine so. Alex, let me ask you a question. All right. Alex is going through her lunch or whatever. What, can, what are you having for lunch today, Alex?
8: A tuna sandwich.
0: What's in the other bag for mom? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? I thought Mom got something with that other thing. She picked that
7: out specially.
8: Mom's all, I can't taste anything. I I don't want to eat anything.
0: You can't taste anything. Alex, why do you think it is that you and I really like horror films and Mom and Andy don't?
8: Uh, I think that part of it is that we, a huge part of it, is that we can disconnect from, like, the idea that it's real and happening to us. Like, Fawn has that. Like, she can watch something that would upset other children. Yeah. They'd be like, it's too scary, it's too whatever. And she's just like, what, it's just a it's got show. nothing to do with
0: me. Yeah, yeah, like,
8: not my problem. Like, I don't know. So, and I think that you and I have that, whereas like, Mom gets very, she's very jumpy. She's very, she gets... It's
0: not jumpy. She just punches me in the arm every time she's scared. She gets
8: very emotionally involved <laughs> she does. in yes. Yes, she does. those types of movies. Whereas you and I are just
7: enjoying the entertainment value of it
0: yeah how yeah. about you andy what why do you think it is that you don't like horror films i
5: don't know i've just never really cared one way or another it's not like you know i hate them i despise no, them that's i true. just don't really care that much i guess it's like you know i don't like a sports film or something like yeah that. i understand or it's like that. westerns i just don't really care about <clears throat> westerns magnificent seven why. you'd like i would
0: huh well, I like the theme song. You'd love The Magnificent Seven. That's a great movie. <clears throat> what? Yeah, Isn't just... it
5: like a
8: thousand hours long? No, no
7: it's not it that maybe long. Two, two hours, 15 minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, something like that. Well, well, long for for back, back then, yeah. that's, that's long. Yeah, yeah.
5: that yeah. is yeah. long. Let's see. Magnificent Seven, 1960. 1960, uh, 1960
0: that came out? Oh, my God. I'm I'm getting on in years. I don't know if you know that, that or not. You are? I haven't heard. I haven't heard a word. What do you got? How long is it? Uh,
5: 128.
0: Oh, so, so two hours and eight minutes. For
5: the time, that's fairly long. Yeah, two hours yeah. and eight
0: minutes has been very long for a movie back then because yeah. now they go three and a half hours and nobody cares, except for me because I don't go watch them. But, you know, it all works out in the end. I do love talking about why we project parts of ourselves out for the world to see, like Dracula and Frankenstein, the mummy mm-hmm. and all that stuff, uh, serial killers, all the things that humans actually do, we project them onto screens or in plays or whatever. Do we do that to try to deal with them, kind of a, uh, on a face-to-face basis? Even though it really isn't, does it allow us to deal with them a little bit?
7: I think it, it, it. We're all hoping for an insight as to, oh, that's why. That's
0: why, right? Because we don't want to
7: believe anybody's just that yeah, exactly. evil, right? That there has to be something that we can. Oh, he was beaten as a child. That makes oh, complete yeah. and utter sense. That doesn't. I was beaten as a child. It doesn't make me go out and eat people. I'm right you know, there I'm with I'm not you. burying people. I might want to. But, uh, well, but we, it's not, you know, it's, it's that rationale to isn't
8: that. That. that rationale isn't like, oh, everybody that's beaten as a child is going to end up yeah, whatever, it, it, it
7: increases
5: right. your odds, it increases it your does, odds, yeah, of, it and it there's does. lots
8: of things that you know increase your odds yeah. of lots of different mental things, mm-hmm. but it's like it's very, very rare that you hear about a serial killer or something like that that just had like. Totally normal childhood.
7: No, that Well, uh, Dommer, like, It
5: happens, he, but it's very infrequent.
7: Dahmer had a, basically a pretty good childhood, from my understanding. He, like and Ted his father Bundy? loved him and right. was supportive. No,
5: I Ted
8: think. Bundy was, like, abused yeah, psychologically kind of by his grandfather. And oh, it, I never it,
0: heard yeah. that part. By his uh, grandfather? I think so. Why do well, you just see, tell his grandfather to shut the hell up and get lost?
7: If you don't believe in reincarnation, uh-huh. Ted Bundy, to me, is one that would certainly make you consider it. Because yeah. when he was three years old, his aunt was spending the night over.
0: I remember this.
7: And he had, she woke up to him standing there with a knife that he, um, he was running underneath the sheet yeah, back and forth. He was, yeah. And he's just staring at her. Where does that come from?
0: Yeah, where does if that come from? I
7: mean, that's not something that a three-year-old would think. That, to me, feels like there's some old soul or something really twisted in that guy. <laughs> that could be. That, uh, uh, that could happen. Went, but they even talk about Bundy in court. Um, when they found one of the bodies, his face started to contort, and he, he emitted this foul odor. Not oh. like um, not like gas, but just like this sulfur-like smell. Eek. His eyes would turn black, and these are attorneys talking about it, Eek. that when there were points when but he yeah. would chat, he would kind of glaze out and his eyes would turn black oh, yeah. as he told the story about what he did to these people. Yeah, like kind of strange. Her
0: puffy cheeks. Puffy phone. so they look just Drinking like the water. you know
7: the gnomes and uh, all the other cute characters. Mm-hmm.
0: It is pretty, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It is pretty amazing, though, and it, it it does have a lot to do with culture. It does have a lot to do with how much money your from your family has, whether they're very poor, kind of poor, middling, kind of rich, or very rich. People look at things totally different. Income and way of life has a lot to do with what we believe in, what we just will not believe at all a lot of things like that right you know well
7: and then there's these i don't make excuses for why celebrities and rich people do horrible things but you realize that there's this insular way that they're they're treated and they'll ask for the most fantastic Excuse and because somebody does not want to disappoint them because they're enamored they find a way to make the fantastic happen yeah i worked for somebody like this and for quite a while and it was remarkable because that person's belief was that these things happen just because they were who they are, and that <laughs> they had no concept of the fact of the begging, badgering, and work that was done behind the scenes to make this happen right, for them. They right. just thought, "I am who I am," therefore, this happens. And yep. they're so out of touch, but everybody around them well, insulates. Yeah,
6: them. yeah. Well, we were just talking about that with like somebody like Bill Gates. When when Bill Gates was first like you know a, mm-hmm. a billionaire, he was you know opening up charter schools and giving money away to do this and to do that and now it's like he wants to rule the world
0: he does yeah you
6: know and it's like just because you have a billion two billion a hundred billion dollars whatever he's got i don't know don't care it doesn't mean that you know everything about everything and that you should be involved in absolutely everything but people let him because they figure oh he's smart enough to make $100 $100 billion, mm-hmm. he's got to know everything about stuff.
0: That's what people, everybody Yeah,
6: we assign people the uh, attributes that we wish that they would have.
0: Right.
7: right. Well, it's like when Jesse Ventura ran for governor. People voted for Jesse and came out in throngs. Wasn't that the highest recorded vote I in think the so, state of yeah. Minnesota I do up to that point? Wow. Right. Because people wanted to change. Mm-hmm. And then at all incensed when he's doing his governorship work and being a commentator for the xfl right well you can't you're the governor you hired a professional wrestler who was a pr guy right what this is i know you've got to allow you know same with our past president you you brought in a guy who famously and i'm not bashing i'm not i'm just saying famously did not handle money properly and showed uh disrespect for many people through the Mm -hmm. years. And he was a reality show star and a a millionaire. And we hired him because we hoped for change. And then everybody is incensed that he is, well, when you bring somebody in who doesn't have the knowledge or background, just because they're good at business or good at one thing does not mean that they are this. Now, that doesn't say that Bill Gates might not make a great president because he understands the business of the job and could, could do something along those lines. And I'm not you know, indicating for him, but I'm just saying there are other skills you can have that can lend to politics maybe a little better because I think politicians get so uh, encased in their own ways Mm -hmm. that they don't see, well, maybe we could fix this budget by changing this. Nope. Got to be the way it always been, but I'll change it this way. And that's just going back to what the people before him did. So I understand the, the want and desire of people wanting something different than what we've had.
0: Mm-hmm. But and we never do that.
7: W- well, we bring them in, and then all we do is bitch and whine and complain when that
0: happens. Well, plus the fact, this all started with Thomas Jefferson. He started screwing people out of money the second he got famous. I mean, that guy jobbed people out of money as a whole. He started the national bank system, did he not? I, I don't know. And I think most of the money That American
7: history it. stuff is so <laughs> confusing. I think most
0: of the money in the banks disappeared, and they never knew where it went. So it's been going on forever. It's both. It's all parties because there used to be other parties. These these people are scumbags. Anybody who wants to be the president is nuts. I'm sorry, but they are.
7: No, I think that there's a lot of them that go in with the desire to change things. And once they get in, they realize, oh. Got no shot. I have absolutely no power. I am a puppet, and I'm here to do what I'm told to do. And that's what, if you listen to some of the out interviews of people like Jimmy Carter um, and Bill Clinton and even Obama, you can see the disillusionment with the job. When they went in, they had a sense of what they wanted to do to make things better. And now they're kind of, yeah, it'll take a lot out of you. Yeah. You can see they're just reserved to the fact that this uh, you are a, a figure, you're, you're the Queen of England. Mm-hmm. You're a figurehead that has no real power.
6: Yeah, if you want to say something, you got to just Sneak say it. Sneak in. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Jump in. Sidebar
8: Dahmer did not have a normal childhood.
6: Uh, no? You no. looked it up? No. Not so
5: good?
0: No. Well, there you go. I'd
8: say, but yeah. once she's listening to something else, I can talk.
0: Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, we have to take a break anyway. We'll be—we'll uh, take a quick break and be right back. Uh, Alicia McBride in the second hour—that should be rather interesting. How to keep a, a positive mind, body, and soul in a negative world? See, all we do is positivity on this show. That's it. all we ever do. That's what it, this is. <laughs> we'll be back.
2: Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue?
0: You mean like "There Once Was a Man from Nantucket"? No, more like T.S. Eliot. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you.
3: Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
0: no, yeah, okay, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant.
3: Hey, this is Brian Zep. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned
2: It's kind of a kooky song choice there, Andy.
5: I hit random. <laughs> is yes. movie coming out? My computer is the kooky one.
2: I don't know. But
5: the movie's coming out pretty soon, I know. I thought it came out already. I, no, I think it's sometime middle of June, I think. Let's find out.
2: I want to go see Bob's Burgers. It's one of oh, my do you? I love made watching a movie? that show. Yeah, yeah it just came out, I think, out. yesterday. Yeah. I love that. Thank you Elvis movie, so much. June
5: twenty fourth. June twenty fourth. Yes, yeah. that's, that's on, on my list.
1: Oh well, there you go. The Elvis movie. Who has it pointed out to me that that with all the people who look like Elvis out there, they found a guy who doesn't look, like doesn't him. look anything <laughs> like Elvis. <laughs> I know how <laughs> many, how many Elvis impersonators answer, are there right? out yeah. there. Well, Hit one, one of like,
2: them. Was th- it Michael Shannon? Who played uh, Elvis and Elvis and Nixon? Oh, right. that's
5: right,
1: and I mean, he that was, was great. He was, he that was, was really a good, like surprisingly. surprisingly oh, yeah, he's a really great actor,
2: count. but he is. That was a, just a brilliant, quirky, weird movie. Mm-hmm.
0: You're quirky, and weird. Right.
1: <laughs> I was. I, I watched Fantastic Beasts, the latest one, the oh, Harry yeah. Potter one. It's I watched good. that this weekend. It's okay. I mean, if you like All those right. movies, are it's good. But what what I didn't realize was the Baker is the guy who plays De Palma in the in the Offer. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, it's like god that guy's a great actor. He I mean, really is oh, great. He is very very yeah, he's good. he's very very good. But I I now he he's like de Palma in my mind, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Do you know the oh. the character Gordon uh, the, the uh, <clears throat> Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, uh,
2: Coppola, not De Palma. Oh, he's Coppla. I was saying I was he, de Palma. he plays I was saying Jeff Garland's brother in um
0: I love Jeff. Garlin. Oh,
2: what's that show about the kids growing up in Pennsylvania?
0: Oh, it's uh named after the old uh the good tomorrow. the good what the hell's the name of the family
1: kids growing up the, in goldbergs. Goldbergs. Oh, the goldbergs. Yeah. Oh, okay. goldbergs he plays goldbergs.
2: jeff garland's uh, brother and the the, 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 oh, e, does the, he? the ne'er-do-well uncle that wow. has always comes into town and creates all sorts of just huh
1: catastrophe one of those where i watch a sitcom like holy cow i didn't realize that i knew this because you certain people you see on screen you don't like them or you like them but you yeah. don't know why oh, yeah <laughs> it's because right. they were you know a villain or something in some <laughs> past thing so
0: who you know. you know the kid gordon he's he's like the production assistant have you been watching the offer at all in i
1: haven't
2: it's no.
0: really good andy are you watching it nope Oh, man. I, I think the, it's
2: actually better than the Godfather movie. It's certainly <laughs> way better than three. Be. Oh, way better than three. It's the story you know, of the do. making of The Godfather, oh, which is this larger-than-life, oh, you know, the it producers a on Coke it's, and they're fighting with a mafia and he winds up friends with Joe Colombo, and people are getting I mean that's all real stuff
1: it's so good that you know the results and you still have doubts if it'll get there <laughs> I mean because <laughs> yeah, yeah, so exactly. you're not. like how the hell <laughs> they get out of this but you know they're going to get out of it because they do a movie but the man of, it is really good the and, and there's such little things have you seen eight yet no oh man eight is the best one eight's coming eight up eight is, eight probably is by tomorrow, far right. my favorite one of the whole ones whole whole eight so far
2: the uh, head of Gulf western calls robert <laughs> de niro the gr- the shortest unknown actor on the planet
0: <laughs> I thought it was Al pacino. pacino Al pacino cuz right. yeah. yeah. they hate pacino they don't know they don't
1: want to use him and, and i still yeah. don't
0: understand why they hate him well, the guy's a great a, actor he was an
1: unknown person at that time wow. so they had no idea plus he's really small hmm. so yeah, the idea is, yeah, is yeah, that is. they hadn't they they thought that role should be somebody bigger
0: right you know it would have ruined the role well y- now because you're yeah, right and, right and, exactly. and you
1: know that that uh i think that's in seven right where they do the scene uh from the yeah. from the uh cafe or yeah. from the from the dinner where from you louis from louis yeah. when the head of the the head of the golf oil goes up to him and he like he's still in character it's like holy oh oh my this God. guy's still
2: gonna kill me at
1: this point <laughs> i know. You know that thing is unbelievable but, and then oh the little thing where they move the gun Apparently, that oh, was yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was something that he really did. Behind the did. tank, yeah. that, On top that, of Just to make he him more wanted stressed wanted him out. to have that extra stress of where the hell's his yeah, gun? Because he knew gun? he was all
0: worried about that. No, you're right. You know? And I tell you what, uh, Giovanni Rabisi plays Joe Colombo. Mm-hmm. And his voice is just like this the whole time. And it's just, i tell you what I could do. I could just kill him if you want me to. (laughs) It's like, Jesus.
1: Joey Gallo, holy cow, does that guy look insane. That guy's nuts.
0: I don't know who that actor is, but he's insane (laughs) in real life. Well... I, oh. I, he, he actually gets dressed up in his suit in eight, and it, yeah. doesn't, make oh, doesn't, it doesn't make any, doesn't make any difference. difference at all. Does He still get that. He's still totally insane. Jesus, like, you know? you
2: remember the <laughs> scene know. where he's pitching Chinatown for the first time? Oh yeah, that's coked a great. Up out of his yeah. mind. And that's a whole discussion. Well, so what's this Chinatown about? Well, uh... <laughs> it's about Nicholson and the water. <laughs> Why the fuck is it called Chinatown?
0: (laughs) Why is it called Chinatown? Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Landon Banks in studio with us. Uh, I like Landon a lot because he's a truth teller. And I think using what people consider to be hateful words is a great idea because they're not so hateful anymore. You take all the power away from the negative connotation of words. Mm. I think. Just go ahead. I mean, that's what we did when I was a kid. I'll tell you what. If, If there was some word that people were touchy about, they never stopped hearing it till they finally gave up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. just how it was. My kids are oh, Landon you. Banks. And by the way, Banks, B A N X is how you spell his name. <laughs> the song is called Sissy Boys. Now, tell me again, how did you find the song?
9: Um, back in 2009, my friend Donnie West, an artist and singer and author in the Twin Cities area here, he, um, He asked me to be in his music video for it so we filmed that shortly after uh michael jackson passed away oh god 82 yes and um yes i was in his video and i wrote the forward to his cd i'll do anything for you with the sissy boys on there and just kind of stuck um with me the song over the years and um about almost two years ago when i was re-releasing my uh, Christmas album for the 10-year anniversary, my music manager, Elliot Graper, was like, I need. I think we need to um, have you come out with another song right after this, mm-hmm. like in six months. But he's like, not another Christmas song.
0: <laughs> Let's right, find not something in else. Not in May or June. <laughs> yeah.
9: So um, I was thinking about this, and I'm just like, oh. I was driving over to Donnie's house while talking to Elliot on the phone around Christmas, and I'm like, I think we should do this. And he's like... Yes, if you uh, can get Donnie's, you know, OK or whatever to to do the song, then I'd love to produce it. So I asked Donnie, he's like, yeah, that'd be a wonderful idea. And here we are a year and a half later. So it's been uh, taken a while to get it to where we wanted to because we finished the song and it was mixed and edited last fall. But we thought, you know, let's release it in Pride Month in June. I mm-hmm. think that'd be a little bit better than releasing it in the fall. So... Here we are we shot a music video in April two different days and uh, two different recording studios in Minneapolis that is uh, being edited out in LA by uh, My editor friend Elliot DeVinny, who works for Netflix and uh, that's gonna be coming out next couple weeks hopefully as well Okay, so we're very excited about that. So
0: Arna, right, now you brought the song along with you. I did Andy you got her teed up I Sure do all right now. This is like no, are, are you? Do you have a band name? Just use Landon Banks.
9: Just me and then Donnie West, the original artist. I was able to get him to do some backing vocals on this. So it was really fun to be able to work one-on-one with the original artist and have him, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you think of this? And he supported me and uh, really, really enjoys it. So... That was an honor as well, so very happy about that.
0: Landon Banks, the song's called Sissy Boys, like I said, I just love the fact that you're not afraid of words, man. We gotta get away from being afraid Thank of words, you. don't you think?
2: The international premiere.
0: Never heard, yeah, never heard by it before human ears right? this before. is it. Yes. The international premiere of Sissy, Sissy Boys. Boys. Woo!
9: Let's do it.
10: Absolutely. Sweetest perfume, people look when we enter the room, some look twice, boy they sure look nice, Levi or leather, you play in any weather, no game too big or too small, City boys likes it all. Sissy boys, sissy boys Sissy boys, sissy boys Fashion is a statement the Time style never ends To be like us we, we trust. trust Pretty sissy boys must We dress like women. women, okay boys are disguised. Sissy, sissy, sissy boys, sissy boys. Sissy boys, sissy boys. Watching is not our style. You're welcome to stay a while. Let's party and have some fun. These sissy boys ain't done. We dress like women, and I'm okay.
0: threw it in at the end i knew you were going to do that i knew there'd be a little laugh at the end that's hilarious that like there
2: you f- go that sounds like a flight of the concords tune that's it does br- that's it great yeah you're oh, right. it oh, really it does, does. Thank especially you. with the kind of pseudo bowie mm-hmm. um yeah. chorus which yeah, was really right. kind of neat yes thank you
9: so much i've had the chance to perform it live twice at a brewery and the Southern Theater um, a week ago, and just to, like, see the audience reaction. And when they, you know, we have to kind of figure out the right dance for it, but the people, like, the part that gets them is they join in the
0: ha, ha, ha." Yeah, right, right.
2: (laughs) I love the Southern Theater. That's a great space.
9: Yes, it was really fun uh, to perform in there. My music, man, it was part of the um, Minneapolis Mini-Fest, so there were about maybe... 10 to 15 different artists and my music manager l El, elliot graber uh performed there and i performed in the this song in the middle of a set so
2: that cool. was really awesome
0: now doug is a musician himself so a good person to judge i think
2: well yeah I'm, i like music i, I was well, no, you musician too. <laughs> um very I can't helpful. remember his name. He's, yeah, been on the, he's been on the podcast, but a guy that owns a company called A440 Studios has done a lot of oh, video yeah. work there, and he, yeah, I can't remember his name. John uh, Heinen. Thank you. What is it? John Heinen. John yeah. Heinen, yeah. I don't know if you know John.
9: But... I don't know John, but um, I, I worked with F5 Studio uh, Soundhouse in Uptown for this with Owen Sartori and davide rosso for the production This and elsa lee and um we just had our you know we did our zoom meetings and then we went into Mm -hmm. the recording studio two different days one was by myself to do my vocals and then a month or two later we brought donnie west into the studio to do uh, vocals and Mm -hmm. then it just kind of went through our different uh, versions of the song till we found one that like this is it this could click Mm. By the might, way.
2: might do good in the dance clubs, I have a feeling. Oh, I hope yeah. so. Absolutely. That's
9: that's the plan. I'd love to perform it in, in the dance clubs, too. So if anyone wants me to perform it anywhere, um, a pride event or a graduation or a club, just find me on social media and let's do make it happen.
0: Now, how long did it take you to cut the song?
9: Um... The total production from the time we started pre-production to this time the song was done was probably like four to six months but that's oh, through yeah. like yeah. you know i was only in the studio like two days but that was you know with the producers and the editors and the mixers and everything and then we we talked about the music video and then COVID got worse so we had to put that off for a little bit then when it was in a lull in april we were able to get everyone in to do the music video which is uh really fun so very excited for that to come out so it's kind of like i always say it's kind of like um just like a child of mine.
0: No, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs>
9: it's like, okay, this child is going to be delivered on the 8th.
0: <laughs> <laughs> child on the 8th. You know, I was just thinking, Lenny, you're probably very, very happy that you weren't born with my voice. Because my voice singing that song would not be that great. It'd be okay. Well, sissy Boys, Sissy Boys. Yeah, I don't know. That,
9: I love your voice. I was thinking in that low part. I should have do that. Low and I part, should yeah. have said featuring sissy Tom Bernard. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> it works for me. So, When did you find out you could do all this? How how old were you when you found out you could do all the things you wanted to
9: do? Oh, man. It was always my dream as a child to grow up to to be an artist and entertainer. I was, um, you know, five, six years old, and I was pretending you know spinning around in front of the tv pretending that i was like on the beginning like when they show the credits of a tv show Mm. and all the actors names and i was like one day i'm i'm gonna be someone up there on this you know i just emulated those people for just kind of getting out there and making something happen and then um i kind of you know because people were so mean you know in school and stuff i did a few plays and then in high school i, I didn't do the theater stuff because i didn't want to be like like oh you know picked on any worse than people already did. Yeah. <laughs> so but then in my 20s i'm like okay i came out and i'm like I'm, we're gonna do this now so we're gonna make it happen so i auditioned for one movie i'm like if i can do one movie in my life then you know that'd be a bucket list item i'd be happy you now mm-hmm. i've done like over a hundred and um then I recorded a single song, and then my Christmas album, and then, yeah, it's just kind of like the door just opened, and I kind of walked through it, and just like, I, <laughs> I can do this.
0: This might sound like a weird question, but I'd I'd love to take. So you said you came out. Was yes. that a very very tough decision to make?
9: Well. It was because I was married to my ex-wife at the time. Oh, okay, yeah. And I came out on the morning of nine eleven oh one before. Oh my yes, God! Yes,
0: before. your fault?
9: <laughs> I yes, exactly. I get that a lot, but it was at two a.m. <laughs> I get that.
0: It was at two or
9: three in the morning. Oh, two or so. three in the
0: morning. Okay, good.
9: <laughs> but it was like the whole world was falling apart, as well as my own, at the same time. So it was very, yeah. It was a very tough decision yeah. to do, and yeah. I kind of like, you know, hid in a corner for a couple years, and then moved up to the cities from the South, you know, Faribault, Northfield area. and oh, is that where
0: you're from originally? Faribault, yes. Oh, okay.
9: um, and then just life started, you know, clicking and taking shape, and, you know, one thing led to another, and here I am.
0: <laughs> and here you are. That's... Just
9: kind of embracing life and accepting, accepting myself for who I am was, I think, the hardest thing.
0: Yeah, because I suppose you had heard your whole childhood, you shouldn't be thinking that way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I understand
9: that. Or I shouldn't be this, you know, you grew should, up in right. a small town, you should, you know, right. this is what you do, you grow up, you get married, you have kids and this and that. So I was on that path, but it just kind of took a detour. <laughs> well,
0: you are who you are, though. Yes, exactly. I think, think humans will ever understand you are who you are. I mean, I'm, by you are, I mean all of us. Will people ever understand? I don't know if they will or not.
2: I think a lot of people understand. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where everybody understands. No, they just won't, will they? And that was,
9: yeah, it would be nice if they do. That was the the one verse that I did write in the song was towards the end where um, I kind of say, you know, we're all equal, we're all one and stuff. Because that was the message I wanted to get across. Like, I wanted this the uh, audience or listeners, people that listen to hear the song. I wanted them I wanted it to be like a dance song with some with a message. So you know, you can be dancing in the clubs, but like I wanted them to also take away, aside from hopefully dancing and having a good time, I wanted them to take away something positive after listening to the song. Mm -hmm. And if anyone could do that, then you know that's that's worth it. If anyone if it can make anyone feel like, wow, I'm not alone, you know. So if Ron
2: DeSantis runs for president in twenty twenty four, do you think he might use the song in the campaign?
9: Well
0: works for me, (laughs)
9: twenty twenty two. Have to pay me something, but I'm sure we <laughs> yeah, could. All right, Governor, if you're it.
2: listening,
0: this you is your chance. I could
9: perform it at the inauguration. <laughs>
0: That's not a bad idea. Nobody's ever done that, I don't think, have performed. No, I mean, t- a, a very specific song like Sissy Boys.
1: Well, well, I mean, Trump used YMCA and then got. Oh, the did he? Why? What was oh, the know. connection? I don't know. You just I, thought I people needed and, some there's aerobic exercise? Other people didn't didn't. Uh Bush used uh, one of the American songs. I don't know. Born, you know, Born in the USA. Everybody's trying to those. use Born
2: in the USA and they don't but realize it's, it's a, no the one knows what it's about. But it it's was, a war protest. was yeah, exactly. Born in the
1: USA, it was proud to be an American. That Oh yeah. Uh, and then so, I think an somebody American? used Toby Keith for a while and Obama used I don't know this. Why, why did they bother? They, well, cuz they try to link into some sort of, you oh, know, God. being with the people, I guess. So we need, you know, sissy boys to be the hip thing, and then suddenly, you know, Trump will be dancing around to it.
3: Yeah, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> no, you know. Now Joe Biden a, can't
1: a,
0: dance in a parallel universe.
1: Uh, geez, you know, we, we're nice. We've been nice for. I'm just all saying the he got a bad that, leg. You know, suddenly, got to take a shot at Joe. I'm gotta, not taking a shot at Joe. Come of out of the clouds.
0: You got to take the shot at Joe. <laughs> you think he could dance?
1: I, I, I wouldn't say like, i about They can't
0: dance. Yeah. That's a good point. See, they
2: right drink enough, they, they just you do that stuff. Not, I didn't mean in like a
0: negative sounds. way. He mm-hmm. just can't. He, he shuffles. Mm-hmm. He can't sh- well, you shuffle dance, I suppose. Okay. They're shuffle dancers. I, I just kind of move in the music video, so I, ca- yeah, I kind of dance, kind of move. Mm-hmm.
9: <laughs> I, I want it to be catchy. Like I want people to, like, oh, I want to get up and dance and
0: move. So, well, then there you go. You got it. So. Yeah, there's no question about it. Why you guys are getting all touchy now? What are We're you not all touchy i just
1: pointing out. You know that you're
0: he, I said all these other names. Didn't
1: he talked about DeSantis being president? All these nice yeah, things. Yeah, taking a said, shot at him. No, there wasn't a, a shot. Yes, he was. I was too. not taking. There a yes, shot at you him. were there too. a shot. See, Landon, let me
0: explain myself. I'm not a Republican nor a Democrat, so I get yelled at by both oh, sides. Okay, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just pointing <laughs> you it out you two this, are man. constant pain in the ass about politics. <laughs> both I didn't
1: both of have you. anything you to say about Trump.
0: You're a YMC, I don't understand
1: it, but you know, when you got a cop, you got a
5: firefighter. You know supporting the uh, you know first oh. to, first responders
2: construction
5: build construction, back better yeah they're important people too
0: yeah you exactly dude. that's got to be it. No, I just I just don't get I've never understood anybody who loves a president I don't get it I just don't get it they're the most pushy Abusing people on Earth because they want to be the biggest thing ever born. I just don't get it. Well, how you can like them as a person? And I don't care if it's Trump or Biden or any of the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I was thinking back all the way to George Washington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I I, I really that damn Mildred Mildred, uh, Mildred Pierce, Pierce. <laughs> Mildred Pierce yeah yeah no I, and again Mildred I don't hate more. Donald Trump nor do I hate Joe Biden. I just don't get the attraction to either one of them. Mm-hmm. I really don't. It's like eh, whatever.
2: Right? Well, somebody's got to do it. You might as well. mean, you know, it's not a marriage. It's like pu- public transportation. You pick the bus that gets you to close the it's closest to where you want to go. It's yeah. not really more complicated. And then you walk the remaining
0: four light years? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there <laughs> well, you go. Know. Well, I get incrementally closer <laughs> yeah. than it's... No, I mean, like I said, I've tried it all. I've tried being a Republican. I've tried being a Democrat. Well, my mother was an ardent Democrat, so I was a Democrat the whole time She's a She was, was a, a different
1: kid. Democrat, though. But
0: What do you mean? The,
1: well, she's different. The,
0: the DFL was very different than what it is Oh, today. yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about that. It was very, very different. But yeah. my mother just loved it. And, of course, being a Roman Catholic as soon as JFK got elected, boy, that was a huge mm-hmm. deal. But you've got another
1: one. This and Joe Biden's yeah, a Roman yeah. Catholic. Yeah, we'll two a Catholic. No, no she loved like him. He's the most religious president we've ever had. I mean, the guy says the mm-hmm. prayers all the I don't know. Oh, Jimmy wasn't that religious I mean he Baptist he he teaches Sunday school yeah. but considering he carries a rosary bead and he says That's prayers true. all the time yeah. and he goes to church all the time this guy's super religious I mean anybody's worried about you know the Pope connection here we got it yeah you know so
2: of course fortunately we have a hippie Pope yeah well, we sure do I don't know anything about now. him does
0: he yammer he, in he's still, I grew up yeah, Roman Catholic he's, Catholic he's,
2: too, he's the there. most liberal Pope, that they
0: have one
1: big fans of some of those pedophiles. There's a couple people well, he's real close. He's to. not Is
2: perfect, I but, agree. I would, but he's no. You know, it's I'd, like being the best you're ice not Catholic, in Texas. I can't say that. That's right. Well,
3: I'm married to a Catholic,
2: so I <laughs> well, you're a I'm fake the, Catholic. I'm in the like waiting Episcopal. room. I look over thing. the fence when they do the secret handshakes and shit like that. Oh my God,
0: you're obnoxious.
2: The first time my uh, wife and I went to church together because I'm an Episcopalian, I. We go to this Catholic church in Hastings where she grew up and a 1,000 people in the kind. It's a big church. And so we're, they don't have any worship aids, and they've memorized everything. It's something that they're really good at. And so I'm kind of feeling left out until we get to the Lord's Prayer. I'm like, I got this. Thing. I know this mm-hmm. one. <laughs> I know so this you keep one. Going, cruising along you the, you but going. the Catholics, unlike the Episcopalians, three-quarters of the way through the Lord, Lord's Prayer, the congregation stops, and the priest takes a little guitar solo. Where it just says talks about something else for two or three lines, and then they all come back in. Oh. I didn't know that.
0: I didn't either. Yeah, so I didn't.
2: everybody shuts up except for me, who was finishing the prayer, and the priest is, and they're all newbie.
0: Yeah, newbie. <laughs> you gotta keep going newbie. at the end also because there's a length you guys
2: added. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
0: So it was, it no, was, it was the funny. power and the glory and the spirit, or what yeah, the hell. At the was end, it? Unless, unless you watch football on
1: in the seventies, or when he used to, they used to do the prayer. Remember? Oh yeah. That every yeah. Sunday morning when they did the replay. Yeah.
0: Yep. I, I just it just amazes me that people actually like these people. It's like they're the most opportunistic, and I'm talking about all politicians now, mm-hmm. not any particular ones, not just the presidents. It's more me now, me, 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 more me. That's what they are. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. Mm-hmm. I don't agree.
1: Because I think there are good ones out there. Like who? I've said this many times. <laughs> I think there's lots of people out there that... <laughs> Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Was Teddy Roosevelt. He rode Roosevelt. a horse.
2: I love Teddy Roosevelt. He did a lot of things. That the guy was very talented, talented.
0: character. And they the threw master. him under the bus.
1: He was all sorts of things. And they yeah. threw him
0: under the bus. Who threw him under the bus? They didn't want them. Remember, there was oh, a Native American and a black guy oh, okay. with the statue? Mm-hmm. Like they weren't good enough to ride the horse. That wasn't uh, the point. Well, you know, the whole
1: statue thing's it. a whole different
0: issue. Yeah, that right? whole statue deal. Yeah. I'm really glad there's no statue of any of us. I got to be <laughs> honest with you yeah. about that. What
1: I always think is funny is that
0: is that some of those
1: statues. You don't even know like the average person wouldn't even know where the hell they are. No. You know, like I visited them. So I know where the Christopher Columbus statue is. I know where those things are. And I know about those things, but there's a lot of people that have no idea that suddenly care about it that never
0: cared about any of that. You know, but the only one I look at is the Sid Hartman statue over by the Twin Stadium. That's so short. It's so small. I just love the fact that Chad is still pissed off that he got a statue. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing. What?
1: Chad is mad because Sid got a statue.
0: Not mad. He just thought it was stupid.
1: Ah, Chad's a, a nice, good kid. You, a nice you know tribute. Chad at all? Yeah, a little, little bit. Not like Chad, you do. But Chad's a
0: great yeah, guy. He yeah. really is a good guy. Very smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was a hell of a golfer. Yeah. Sidney yeah. was not. He was
1: not. I gotta that be honest with you. Correct.
0: So, Landon, what do you think? We, oh, we got to take a break. and we will write got oh. about twenty more minutes. Can you do twenty more minutes? I with can ones? do that. Okay. We got to. We'll be back. Wrap it up in about. I think it's. Oh, actually, it's about nineteen or eighteen minutes now. We'll be right back. Wellbeing.com or call or text them at 952 491 6527 and catch the Continuum team on my podcast on Thursdays, 1115 a.m. I've learned so much from them and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. I like that, Andy. Listen, um, Claire. There you go. Landon Banks in studio with us, ladies and gentlemen. Sissy Boys releasing on Wednesday. So yes. look looking forward to that. Thank you. Absolutely.
9: Very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's me. very
0: nice to have you here, as a matter of fact. I, like Thank I said, you. It's just, we try to we try to get a lot of differences. Well, I, I can't believe that anybody in town wouldn't want you to come on and do their your song, would they? I mean.
9: I
2: don't think so. I, I would, hope not.
0: <laughs> I would think that they'd be pretty engaged. Don't what do you think, Dougie?
2: I'm just trying to think of some places where it might not play and a few come to mind, but Really? I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Biker (laughs) Biker bar? Well you never know. I've been to a few biker bars. Well you know. You do never know. Yeah, well that yeah, that's true. How about K hate? Could you go on there? Maybe <laughs> K hate. I just made that up. Oh, okay. Anyway, moving, like, moving. What the forward. hell? Doesn't sound like a fun place. K hate. We <laughs> hate everyone. <laughs> I think that's something. Isn't that coconut stuff great? It is. It's I very it. tasty. Oh my god, it's good stuff. Thank you. No question about it. So, where do we go from here? You going to do you got the album. You got the what are you going to do?
9: Songs coming out in the music video and then also my children's book Dinah's Birthday will be coming out later this fall is the uh, the hope, the tentative release date. So it's in the editing process right now. My um, illustrator Justin Reese uh, illustrated it, and I wrote it. And I actually wrote it back in second grade, so many, many moons ago. Wow. Uh, but, um, and then I've always wanted to, once I started, like, doing the acting and entertaining, I'm like, oh, I want to do this. Yeah, yeah. I want to record, an album. check. I want to publish my book. I did, check. I'm like, oh, boy.
2: I wanted to right. circle back to something that I don't know if I heard you right. You've been in 100 films?
9: Over 100. I mean, local, independent ones. Wow. So, yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's a lot. Yes. I lost count over 100, so it's probably a little more, but yeah. who's counting, right?
2: now yeah. do you enjoy it or I yeah, it, I always think about what it must be like to be in the movies and I would think the acting part would be just fabulous but isn't that just a lot of sitting around doing nothing as well yeah, I think so that would drive me
9: crazy basically it's hurry up and wait Yeah. yeah. so Easy, get there yeah. at 5am but you don't start till like noon yeah. sometimes
5: mm-hmm. you have 103 credits on IMDB by the way so there you okay. go oh, just wow. over 100
9: yep I guess yeah Think Yes,
2: They're, just keep racking them you up. You weren't in Paul Blart, were you? That was I a was, local movie. No. Paul Blart, not That well, one. That was no. local? <laughs> well, shot it in Eden Prairie. They
5: did? Yeah. did they? Oh, I didn't I know, know that. that. Yeah, I had no Eden idea. Prairie Mall. Oh, that's they shot
2: it in Eden Prairie Mall. Yeah. I never I knew that. that oh, I should have yeah, been in <laughs> that. <laughs> you were probably well, tied that. up in something that didn't pay. Probably.
5: <laughs>
0: that's the deal right there.
5: Well, your first looks like you started in 2007, so... Paul Bart, was that out by then? I have no oh, idea.
0: Oh, I, I think so. Well, yeah.
5: let That here. was a late bloomer
9: so.
2: Uh,
5: <laughs> it was a late bloomer. <laughs> Paul Bart, Mule was 2009.
2: Ah, oh, shoot. Yeah, Darn. Go. Just missed that. that yeah, right. but that means they shot it in 08. So
0: that's true. that's true. Usually, yes. That is very, very. True. I never knew that was shot out yeah. there. It was a terrible movie. By the
5: way. Of course, it was. Well, I mean, it it's a cop terrible. on a, a mall cop on a Segway. That's the joke. Isn't that <laughs> the guy from King of Queens? Yeah, yeah, yes. Kevin yeah, James. Yeah, James. James.
9: Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, Kevin James. Yes, I do have a, quite a handful of films coming out though later this year.
0: Well, I want to hear about um,
9: them. Well, Christmas slasher will be uh, hopefully coming out. Christmas (laughs) slash musical? (laughs) No. um, They might be playing some of my Christmas music in there, though, I think. So that was the last I heard. Um, But, yeah, so I have a fun comedic part in that. We shot that up in the woods in Duluth. And um, that's where I got to shoot uh, a gun for the first time with blanks. It wasn't a prop gun, a real gun with blanks. (laughs) <laughs> no one, but I thought I was going to shoot myself.
0: <laughs> Were you like the Adam was... Baldwin of the set?
9: Oh, I was trying not to be. I was like, they're like, okay, here you go. Have you done this for me? Like, no. <laughs> mm, Let, let's rehearse this. Thankfully, it was way out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. But, um, yeah, that was kind of dicey and like, whoa, like I've used prop ones before. And if, if I ever use a prop gun in your movie, for the record, I'll probably break it because that's happened. <laughs> mm, yeah.
5: There's a thing that happens 100% of the time when people fire guns for the first time, and that's that they had no idea how loud they are. Oh, oh my gosh. No one yes. has any idea unless they've wow. been in the same room as a gun going off. Yes,
9: and they were blanks, and it was very, very loud. And I'm like, whoa, the, the reaction was like, whoa, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that wasn't acting. That the, was real.
5: Blanks have all the gunpowder in there. They just don't no, have just... the bullet that comes out. So mm. that sound, is that's the sound of a real bullet going yeah, off, uh, yeah. Very loud. It was like, whoa,
9: mm-hmm. one take to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and if something happens to me, there will be no other takes.
0: <laughs> no, I could understand that. As a matter of fact, I, I won once in my life at a, at a shooting range, because I, I, I have a permit to carry. I don't ever carry a gun, but I have a permit to carry one. Um, and I went to qualify about two, three years ago for the latest version of it. There was a guy next to me about uh, 10 feet down with a forty four Magnum long barrel. You want to talk loud. Break your wrist oh. right off. Yeah. Oh, my God, that gun was loud. I mean, it's literally about oh holding it's about two feet long. Uh, honestly, and it's a revolver, so mm. the noise just comes out of the gun, man. And it, oh, my God, that thing was loud. It uh, literally sounded like a cannon. Wow. So, now, why did you have to shoot a gun?
9: It was part of the scene in the movie, so well, Christmas lecture, that, So <laughs> Yes, yes, I think I was going to get a deer or something.
0: Oh, are you going to shoot a deer? I
9: think so. A okay. fake, a pretend deer.
0: Christmas slashes. So do people get slashed, I'm assuming?
9: Yeah. I, I won't tell you <laughs> if I do. Look at the face to,
0: he's making it down. He's like, yeah.
9: <laughs> you have to watch it. I can't give away my... No, no, my, no, no.
0: I understand.
2: <laughs> I understand. It's I, uh, a not a very subtle title. No. I mean, you kind of know, you know what it's, it's, it's about. It's like
9: a throwback to campy, uh, cultish, comedic, low-budget, cheesy 80s horror movies. That was a mouthful <laughs>
0: Oh, Perfect. my God. I literally one time, and i got to be, because my, Andy's my son, so I can't say the word in front of him, or I probably don't want to say it on a podcast anyway, but a friend of mine had this very pretty younger sister, and I always wanted to take her out, and they, he always said, Nope, no way you're not taking her out. Not going to happen. So I said, Come on. So it literally took me like a couple of years to talk to my friend and all letting me date his sister. Very, very sweet person. I really had a good time. went... Went to Scarpelli Remember Scarpelli's down mm-hmm. on uh, Nicollet and Franklin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Took her to Scarpelli's and we went to a movie. The reason I'm thinking about this is because the name of the movie was Black Christmas.
9: <gasps> yes.
0: Okay. So you've seen that movie? Yes. The movie opens. <clears throat> this is our first date with a woman I was not supposed to go anywhere near, <laughs> according to her brother, a friend of mine. And the opening scene, you just see a phone ringing. They kind of close in on a phone, and it's ringing. And a young woman, it's a sorority house. You can figure that out. She answers the phone, so I'm going to replace one word with another. She answers the phone, and the guy on the other end goes, I want to smell your crotch. Only he didn't say crotch.
2: We kind of figured that, out. And
0: I'm like, well, I guess we'll never go out again, will we? <laughs> I, mean, I had first no idea. Line- I- the first line in the movie. Wow. I'm like, oh God, I thought this was gonna be like you're talking about campy and funny yes. and I thought Black Christmas is gonna be campy, funny, it'll be great. Nope, it was not.
2: Mm. Dad did something like that. He told me oh, when he was God. a young lad back in that had to be the early forties. First date, he took a, his date to see Old Yeller. Oh, he oh,
0: started oh. crying. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah, it's happened before. Yeah, not, a, not a first date <laughs> no. one. Maybe,
2: I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, At 42, the there wasn't a lot of choice.
0: I yes. Guess. <laughs> But, Land, that I should mention that I am a huge fan of horror films. Always have been. I, it's kind of weird because Andy and Catherine, my wife, are not, but Alex, our daughter, and I are. Oh,
9: fine. And I don't know why. Do you a think family, a house divided. A house divided. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: That's exactly right. I wonder why that is, though, that, that, that you and Catherine don't like them and Alex and I do. I don't know. It's just a weird setup. Don't you think? I think for me it's the
5: fact that people in the movies always act dumb in unrealistic ways. Yeah, you know, well, Like that's they true. parried it in that, what was it, like the insurance ad or whatever the hell it was. It's like, you know, let's hide amongst these chainsaws. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's oh, a yes. running car right over there, but no, let's, uh, let's go in the knife drawer. That's a, <laughs> right. It'll be a safe place to be. <laughs> was, yeah, it's always like that in every horror true. movie. It's like, well, why
9: are you trying so hard to die? Yeah, they you go wonder. upstairs when they should be going out the front door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: that's exactly it. It I know, no I, I
9: tell people that I've done quite a... A handful of them, and they're like, Oh, I can't watch them, they'll be scary. I'm like, Well, I'm in them, they can't be too scary. So, yeah, there
0: you go. <laughs> so I said, many, I look pretty good for a dead guy. <laughs> how many horror films have you been in?
9: Probably around 20, maybe. Really? Something like that. That's Low phenomenal. budget independent ones. That, yeah, thank
0: you. Have <laughs> they released most of them?
9: Some of them, yeah. Of them. I mean, some of them have little premieres or they're on Amazon or
0: Yeah. yeah. You, know, you gotta give me a couple of names, like you gotta that. watch a couple of your movies. Okay. How about yep.
5: It Was a Dark and Creepy Night, too? That was like a Halloween
9: project, yeah, but there there's Camp Kill. Mm.
5: Camp Kill. Camp Kill.
9: What
0: kind of friends do you have, Landon? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're mostly dead, so I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. That's not good news, though, is no. it? So do you think you'll ever write and direct a movie?
9: Uh, That would be fun. Yes,
0: I kind of saw the look of you. You had a glow in your eye talking about acting in in films. Yeah. I thought, oh, I bet you he's going to make a film someday. I
9: could picture myself doing that or even talking about maybe making my children's book into like a short children's film, you know.
0: Let's hear about the children's book. What's it about? Um,
9: It's called Dinah's Birthday. And And who is Dinah? She is uh, this little girl is having her eighth birthday, and she invites all of her friends to her party, but one of her friends, Lillian, is not as affluent as the rest of them. So um, she has to use her imagination, let's just say, um, when she attends, because all the other kids are, you know, throwing very expensive uh, presents her way. But, um, yeah, if I say anything else, I'll give it away. No, 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 I
0: understand. (laughs) No, no.
9: But, um, yeah, it's a very, and my um, editor, H.T. Altman, and he's really enjoyed it. So it's going to be part of um, his 507 book club down in Rochester. Okay. Um, we're hope, we're hoping to get it. Um, you know, we're working on the editing now, and Justin Reese did the illustrations. And, um, yeah, we're, we're excited to see where it goes. So um, hopefully yeah. get into some stores and do some book signings. For that later this uh, fall and getting to some schools, actually, I'd love to go back to my school in Faribault where I grew up and where I actually wrote the book many years ago. So that would kind of be like coming full circle, I think. So.
0: You know what you should do? Just go one town over to Northfield and do like a gay version of the Jesse James Raid.
9: <laughs> How cool would that be? I like that. That would be fun. I think it would be fun. <laughs> you don't,
0: don't you think that would be fun? It would, actually. I'm serious. I think that would be a great that They'd liven it up a little bit. (laughs) I'd go see it. Uh, So what would it look like? I just think that it would be funny because there's arguments in it, so the arguments probably be a little different. There's, you know, a lot of aggression, so they'd probably back off on the aggression some, although, you know, you never know. You never know. But I, I just I think it's a great idea. Now, what, no, Faribault High School. What's what's the uh, the mascot? Uh, the Falcon. fighting Malte Meal, isn't it? Faribault
9: Falcons. Falcons. That's what it was Malte. when I went there. But I'm sure. The Faribault, Faribault Falcons. Falcons. Yep.
0: The reason I asked that is I went to North High in Minneapolis, and of course North High School the the our little logo was the polar bear. Okay. Right, but the problem with having a polar bear is most of the kids that went there were not white. So they literally. Nor
2: were they bears. Nor were they bears,
0: that's true. But 1969, the year I was supposed to graduate, because I had tested out earlier, so I was gone a couple of years, but I went back for my, what would have been my my uh, senior year and watched a couple of football games, and I noticed they changed the slogan because it was a polar bear. The slogan became Bears Have Soul. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a 60s. <laughs> That's a 60s slogan if you ever heard one, huh? <laughs> That's a great one right there. I don't know. It was fun. I love it. get to
9: it. the soul of the matter, right? <laughs> get to the soul of the
0: matter. So you're, you're looking at cutting more songs. No, you said you wrote, started writing that book when you were, you were in I, second grade. I wrote grade?
9: this in second grade That's and it amazing. won an award in my class. Really? Um, the local Minnesota author, Nancy Carlson, she oh, was sure. coming to our school. Sure. And uh, the winner of each class, you know, there were probably like 25, Classes between kindergarten through sixth grade, and one student one per class, and I won for my second grade class, and I got to meet Nancy Carlson, and um, yeah, I was. I'm, I'm actually trying to hopefully contact her and be like back in the day yeah <laughs> i wrote this and met you and now i'm able to publish it so i want to say thank you
0: <laughs> there was an article about her not that long ago uh, um i was trying to think of where i saw that she was married to bill carlson right if I, I, I think remember that. so nancy, Car- nancy think and bill Carlson. i think that's right i'm pretty sure that's true but yeah i I've, i haven't seen her in a long long time she's a very very pleasant person i know yes that. I do remember that. But did you know? So you're basically seven, eight years old when you wrote this? Yes. Yeah. Did you know that was rather unusual for an eight year old to do that? Um, not really. Well the assignment
9: was that every kid had to write a story. Oh, okay. But my my story was the one selected. I'm like, well maybe if I mean if the teacher likes it out of thirty stories, then there must be something to it. Right. And right. then my editor, H. G. Altman, really is like, I this is different. I really like and he's he's very intelligent and very good at, you know, stuff that's like, Oh, this has been done a hundred times before. So when I found these people that like believed in me, I'm like, I can do that.
0: You know, Landon, you do something, and I don't even know if you know you're doing it, but it's a very, very smart thing to do, is you give people that you work with a lot of credit.
9: Oh, thank you.
0: It's a very smart thing to do, because most times you're not going to hear who the producer was, the director was, this, that. You mentioned every one of them. That's very, very smart.
9: Oh, awesome. Yes. I, I, I mean, it's, I just, I'm the one kind of putting myself out and, you know, the front spokesman person for all this, but there's all the people behind the scenes. I try to say, I'm trying to do the best I can with what talent I've been giving, but I try to surround myself with people who are amazing at what they do. And I think I've put together a fairly good uh, team of people that uh, support me and believe in me and help me bring everything to fruition. And then hopefully just put it out there and you hope and hope and pray it, it does well and it finds an audience somewhere.
0: Well, I mean, in young people, if they're listening, they can tell that you're grateful. Teaching gratitude is a so. very good thing. It really is And Do we do that much anymore? Teach gratitude? You don't I, I don't hear it I don't think often. so, no. I don't think we do either. It's it's good to, to thank the people you work with, you know. I mean, I'm not going to do it with you. Oh, and why would you? It's <laughs> never going to happen, you know what I'm saying. It's one of the, oh, my God, we only got like three minutes left. That day flew by. Yeah. So writing books, writing songs, acting in movies—you ever gonna get a real job?
9: Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just goes, um.
9: maybe someday.
0: <laughs> so, have you? Did you ever have a line of work that you probably didn't care for?
9: Um,
0: yes. I mean, you don't have to tell me what it is. if you Yes,
9: don't. I have. Yes, and they always say if you do something you love, you don't work a day in your life. So, right. I always said the one job that I'd want to do—you know, twenty-four-seven—is if. I were an artist and in the entertainment business because, you know, you're always getting people, you know, producers, directors, you right, know, everyone. Right. everyone's kind of like emailing you all the time. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of what I signed up for, so I'm going to stick with it.
0: Right. Because a it's dream great.
9: is happening. So.
0: Well, Landon, when these things come out, please come back and spend some time in the studio. It's really great to meet you. Uh, I you would were, love to do you were, that. You were on when. First, th- first time was um, a while ago
9: at the end of February, twenty third, yeah. when I was in Mexico on the beach, oh, they, oh Playa del God. Carmen. Here so. we go. Yes, yeah.
0: How is that Playa del Carmen? I've heard it's amazing. It was gorgeous.
9: It so was gorgeous. Heard. I go back in a heartbeat. So,
0: all right. Well, stay in touch.
9: I will, and I all want right. to uh, give present you uh, with one of my books signed oh, by Justin myself nice. when it's done. Absolutely. So, for uh, you can read it to your. Uh, Young
0: and so no, three, five, and six months. Yeah, and the one with the big C. <laughs> yeah, and no, hopefully not that one. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully not that one. But no, it's great of you to come in. We loved your song, and the song is coming out Wednesday.
9: Wednesday, June 8th. Sissy Boys on digital streaming platforms, yes.
0: Okay, so they can go to pretty much any digital streaming platform and you can find it there.
9: They should, yes. That's okay. that's that's what I'm told.
0: <laughs> Glad to hear that. Thanks for listening. We'll thank talk you to you tomorrow. thank you so much. Landon, great to have you in. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>